There is no rock like our rock. To the blood-bought, this marvelous rock is the person, and his name is Jesus Christ the righteous. Revelation 19.13 says of this Christ, And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. To the unhumbled, Jews and Gentiles alike, he is the rock of offense. But to those who have bowed the knee, Jews and Gentiles alike, he is the rock of our salvation. Romans chapter 9.33, As it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. This marvelous rock is the unchanging, perfect, inerrant, and living Word of God. And this is the rock upon which we stand and the very anchor of our souls. No one has a rock like our rock. Deuteronomy 32, verse 31, For their rock is not as our rock, even our enemies themselves being judges. Satan, uh, Satan excuse me, offers a myriad of rock substitutes, but all, every single one, fails when put to the ultimate test. The ultimate and final test is man's deathbed. It is at this very spot that the world's rock substitutes are reduced to sinking sand. Jesus explains it in Matthew seven twenty four through 27. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. The contrast of the two deathbeds is stark indeed. They are truly 180 degrees out from each other, exact opposites. The unredeemed are in a constant state of dread regarding their death, the grave, and especially what awaits them on the other side. Their terror is justified. At their deathbed, their rock will be absent. Deuteronomy thirty-two thirty-seven, And he shall say, Where are their gods, their rock in whom they trusted? The deathbed of the born again is something else entirely. At a believer's deathbed, God is ever present in spirit and promise, even the promise of the blessed hope, which is eternal life in Christ Jesus, where we are one with the Father and the Son for all eternity. The born-again exercise their little baby faith, and death is swallowed up by promise. Death becomes graduation, even coronation day. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-three through 57 addresses the born-again. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption... And this mortal shall have put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Have you yet to be born again, born a second time, this time of the Spirit of God? If you follow me in a simple prompt, today 
all of your sin and shame will be washed away by Christ's cleansing blood, the rock of the redeemed salvation. Today, all of Satan's bondages will certainly be broken. The bigger, the better. Today, the fear of death will be swallowed up by victory. Here is the simple prop I promise that will change everything. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Exodus 20, verse 11, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. God said, Romans chapter 1, verse 28, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. God said, Psalms chapter 14, verse 1, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. Man said, In the beginning there was nothing. Nothing exploded in a big bang into everything. Through the process of time and chance, the fabulously complex earth and all its amazing life forms, the universe itself, everything so finely tuned, just formed itself. Yes, just formed itself out of absolutely nothing. All I can say is, wow, evolution is so amazing. I'm awestruck. It's so intellectually gratifying. Don't you think? Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said feature 1070 that will for the 1070th time certify the pure and supernatural inerrancy of God's holy Bible. All of these powerful features are archived here in text and streaming audio for your edification and for the building up of the faith. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for coming. We are honored by your presence. May God's glorious face shine upon you with light and truth. Evolution is the God of the academics. This pseudoscience touts a vast supporting staff in media, entertainment, and politics. Like God's word, evolution claims to have all the answers. From the pulpit of unbelief, its parishioners are taught, one, there was all this nothingness, then came a big bang, an accident. This bizarre explosion formed a mysterious primordial soup from the original nothingness. From this soupy slime slithered a single living cell, life from non-life, and eventually this cell evolved into what you are today, the top of the animal chain. You are an accident that formed from nothing. Oops. Number two. You are an animal with no eternal overarching purpose. Please yourself. You are a purposeless accident. Oops. Number three. You have no eternal soul that can be saved or damned. There is absolutely no afterlife. When you die, that's it. That's all there is, just more nothingness. You will not stand before an angry God to give an account for your deeds. You're just back to nothingness. So evolution teaches its adherents that you are an accident formed from nothing, and more, you're a purposeless accident too, and then when you die, that's the end. The only thing that makes this vacuous theory appealing to the unbelievers is that there is no God of the Bible and no judgment day, so go wild. Unfortunately for them, it's the opposite of what they have been taught. Revelation 20, 
verses 11 through 15, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell was cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. How did Darwin's foolishness gain such academic and cultural dominance? The answer is recorded in Romans 1, 21 through 28. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man, and to birds, and four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness, through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use uh, into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge... God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Reprobate means worthless. Because they refuse to retain God in their knowledge, the evolutionist mind is worthless. Reprobate. In the book, Have You Considered?, written by Von Vett and Malone, you'll find many Bible proofs with a plethora of examples from the field of biology a proof for each day of the year. These examples make the admonition in the book of Job arguably the Bible's oldest book ever so true. John, uh, Job, excuse me, 12, 7 and 8. But ask now the beast, and they shall teach thee, and the fowls of the air, and they shall tell thee. Or speak to the earth, and it shall teach thee, and the fishes of the sea shall declare unto thee. From Have You Considered, March 17. You have probably heard of the monarch butterfly migrating some 4,000 miles round trip, but have you heard of the painted lady butterfly migration? This butterfly migrates between Europe and Africa, flying an incredible 9,000 miles round trip. Why has this not been discovered until recently? People have not spotted these butterflies migrating because they fly at altitudes up to 3,000 feet and at speeds of 30 miles per hour. Radar recently discovered millions of these butterflies migrating high up in the atmosphere. More than 60,000 sightings of painted lady butterflies have also been made as far north as the Arctic Circle. The 9,000-mile migration takes six generations to complete. 
A butterfly might fly from Norway to Britain, where it will breed and die. And then the next five generations will carry on the migration, breeding, flying, dying, in an effort to fly all the way to Africa and returning to Norway. This is amazing. The tiny creature weighing less than a gram with a pin-sized head, having no opportunity to learn the migration route from older butterflies, undertakes and succeeds at this epic migration. How do they know where to go? Evolutionist says this all happened by chance. How could it? How would the painted lady butterfly evolve the ability to fly to a place that has never been before? End of quote. In Proverbs 6, verses 6 through 8, Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer, and gathereth her food in the harvest. Again from Von Vett and Malone, May 7. Did you know that one species of ants herds aphids? These dairy ants protect aphids in order to milk them for food. A common type of dairy ant is the cornfield ant. Before winter arrives, these ants collect corn root aphid eggs and store them in their tunnels. In the spring, these aphid eggs hatch and the ants herd the young aphids to the roots of young wild plants while they wait for the field's corn seeds to germinate. Once the corn germinates, the ants herd the aphids to the corn roots so the aphids could feed from them. If the weather is bad, the ants carry the aphids underground for protection. When an ant wants a drink, she will stroke the aphid with her antenna, causing a sweet liquid called honeydew to be secreted from the aphid. The ant is milking the aphid. The aphids benefit by being protected by the ants, and the ants benefit by receiving the honeydew from the aphids. Both ant and aphid benefit from this relationship. This is called symbiosis. How did this relation come about? They needed each other to survive. God's fingerprints are even over the tiniest creatures of his creation. End of quote. The latest example in this feature from Have You Considered is the beaver. From the May 27 entry. The beaver is uniquely designed for a semi-aquatic life. It has special valves in its nose and ears that close automatically when underwater. To see well underwater, it has transparent eyelids that act like swimming goggles. When a branch-carrying beaver is swimming, how does it not choke on water going down its mouth? Behind its front teeth are two flaps of skin that close tightly to prevent water from entering the beaver's throat. Its tail is used as a rudder when swimming or as a balance support when standing upright. Its tail also radiates heat when its body is too warm. The rear feet are webbed like a duck's for good swimming, while the front feet are webbed so are, are unwebbed, excuse me, so it can dig canals and carry branches. To keep itself from hypothermia, the fur is richly oiled by two oil glands which the beaver spreads on its fur. Water rarely touches its skin. Fat below the skin further protects it from the cold. And of course, beavers are known for their teeth and the ability to gnaw trees down and eat them. For this, they have continually growing incisors. Beavers just have to gnaw. All of these beaver features had to be present and fully functioning from the beginning in order to survive. What if their teeth never grew after gnawing on trees? They would be ground down and the beaver could not survive. 
What if the mouth flaps were not present? Water would flood the throat and choking them. Imagine digging canals with webbed front feet or swimming with no webbed back feet. The beaver is a showcase of God's creativity. Lastly, regarding the beaver, you'll read this on June 28th. Dams can be built short or long, high or low. One beaver dam was 1,800 feet long, 9 feet high, and 18 feet wide, strong enough for a horse and a rider to use as a natural bridge. When we build dams, great engineering is needed to stop the flow and to resist water pressure. Do we say that the engineering of our dams happened by accident and chance? It takes years of schooling to be a good dam builder, but beavers know instinctively how to build a dam. Even if a beaver is born in a zoo and let go into the wild, it still knows how to build a dam. Believers do not need to learn how to build a dam. They just know it's called instinct. If there is instinct, there must be an instinct maker. And that instinct maker, of course, is God, end of quotes. All of these marvelous examples pale in comparison when you consider that man was made in the very image and likeness of God. We walk and talk and think great thoughts. We build roads and cities and take trips to the moon. Between our ears is the majestic human brain created by God with many godlike capabilities. We must therefore conclude that we came from somewhere, the Garden of Eden, where we were made in the very image and likeness of God, our Creator. We are commissioned with an overarching eternal purpose, the ministry of reconciling the lost unto God through Christ, our Savior. We, the born again, are truly gone somewhere to a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God, Hebrews 11.10. Here we will live an everlasting and glorious life. Pretty stark comparison to evolution's foolishness, wouldn't you say? God's word is true and righteous altogether, a place to build a life that will last forever. Choose Christ and live. God said, Exodus 20, verse 11, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. God said, Romans 1, verse 28, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. God said, Psalms 14, verse 1, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. Man said, In the beginning there was nothing. Nothing exploded in the Big Bang into everything. Through the process of time and chance, the fabulously complex earth and all its amazing life forms, the universe itself, everything so finely tuned, just formed itself. Yes, just formed itself out of absolutely nothing. All I can say is, wow, evolution is so amazing. I'm awestruck. It's so intellectually gratifying, don't you think? Now you have the record.